Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Zero Ducks Monologue Not Quite Daily. It's me, Daniel Norcross. I'm yet again all alone because of Toby and because of Finney. You're used to this by now. It's me in an existential crisis lying on a hotel bed somewhere in India. Now it is in Bengaluru at the end. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the end of the group phase. Light beacons from... Chennai to Chandigarh, from Kolkata to Kochi. It is done. 45 matches between the 10 top-ranked teams, I guess, in the ODI Men's World Cup. And how did they all fare? Well, it's pretty easy. Go take a look at the table. And it does not lie. India, India, superpower number one. Nine wins out of nine. They absolutely dominated the group phase. Looked in trouble only very rarely, right at the beginning of the campaign, actually, when they were two for three against Australia, but the Aussies didn't quite set enough for that to be a problematic chase. Other than that, occasional moments against England when their batting faltered. Today, one of the few teams to get over 250 against them was the Netherlands, but you've got to leaven that, really against the fact that it was on the flattest, most delicious road in Bengaluru. I don't quite know how it came to pass that India have had their last three final matches in a group phase in the last few World Cups against Zimbabwe, the Netherlands and Afghanistan, usually on good decks. Must be a pure coincidence, but uh, it was what it was, and they won the toss, they batted, they scored a lot of runs, and uh, the Netherlands kept going. They were very plucky in their own way, showed very little ambition and the result was an inevitable win for India. We all knew that was going to happen. How about the rest of the teams though and where they stand? South Africa, for me, a bit of a surprise. I thought they'd get into the top four but I wasn't quite sure they'd be as good as they are. Their batting has been powerful beyond belief. The likes of Heinrich Klassen, Quinton de Kock, they're smashing the ball to all parts. Even Rassi van der Dusen has come to the party, as Ravi Shastri would say. Their bowling, it's a little bit problematic, and uh, you do get the feeling that if South Africa have to chase, then it will be very difficult to compute. It all gets a little bit hard when they don't know quite, well, no, we've lost a wicket. If they're batting first, on the other hand, see ball, hit ball, smash it everywhere. They've got quite a, let's put it, uncomplicated way of playing cricket. And, you know, they could yet go all the way to the final and beyond. You can't go beyond the final, but you can win it, I guess. For them, they're up against Australia. Australia, for me, it's really been about Glenn Maxwell, hasn't it? That incredible double hundred, that incredible hundred. The fastest hundred in World Cup history, that most remarkable innings in World Cup history. And, of course, Adam Zampa. He's bowled much better than I thought he would. First couple of games, he was the Adam Zampa I was sort of expecting, but 
well, he's been dominant. You've got to hand it to him. Three fourthers in succession. That has been key to Australia's success. And they've got some very fine backup bowling. Mitchell Stark, though, he has some off days and more off days than normal at the moment. Not quite sure these are necessarily the perfect conditions for Pat Cummins either. But Josh Hazelwood, he's an unsung hero in that side. And they've got enough batting, even if it doesn't feel quite right, constantly having Smith and Labashade in that side. At number four, New Zealand won the first four, lost the next four, won the last game. They're dark horses. They're also India's bogey team, albeit that India did beat them at Durham Mashala. And quite comfortably, really, even though there was only two overs to spare, there was a lot of faffing around trying to make sure that Virat Kohli got another 100 so that everyone could go ballistic. It didn't work out from that day, did it? He goes, caught at deep mid-wicket. Didn't work out from today. Now I record it. Bowled by Rolf van der Merwe. There were 49 cutouts of Virat Kohli's hundreds on the way into the ground today. Didn't get a chance to put that 50th one up there. As an aside, has felt a bit like that this World Cup. Oh, it's all been about India. But then why wouldn't it be? There's 1.4 billion of them. They're hosting the tournament. Why be so snarky about it? They're a fantastic team. And it is their World Cup. And it may yet be their World Cup, but time will tell. They've got to get past those plucky Kiwis. Of the others, the also-rans, I think the biggest sadness will be Afghanistan. They really might have got into the semi-finals. That game against Australia, well, they should have won it if it wasn't for that once-in-a-lifetime, once-in-everybody's-lifetime innings from Glenn Maxwell. What a knock that was. They've only themselves to blame, of course. Mujib Ur Rahman with possibly the most costly drop in any nation's history. Up there with Lance Kluzner, I'd say bigger, bigger than that. If they had won that, oh, Afghanistan, they would have won five. They could have put a bit more pressure on South Africa in that last game. It could have happened. They, to me, have been the big success story. And that's been built on a quadruplet of spin bowlers. Noor Ahmed really enjoyed watching him. Mujib, is he really a spinner? Obviously, Rashid Khan and Mohammed Nabi. But also their batting, it's got a lot more consistent. Love the look of Ibrahim. Ibrahim Zadran at the top of the order. Ramat Shah, we know, is class. Hazmat and Azmat. I've loved watching them. Pakistan, huge disappointment, I think, for their fans. They felt that they had the bowling to do it. The likes of Shine Sharafridi, Harris, Ralph, and of course Hassan Ali, but it didn't happen for them. They're batting just a little bit too prosaic. The 95-year-old Iftikar showed occasional moments of brilliance, but they didn't have the spin. They didn't have the chance to make those those big important breakthroughs in the middle overs. Spin was important in this World Cup, and they had possibly the most toothless of the lot. We come to England. Everything's been said about England. Utterly miserable. Three wins, yes. It should have been more, shouldn't it? To lose to Afghanistan the way they did when they restricted them to 280 on a shirt front at Delhi, that was tragic. They had their chances against India, restricted India to a gettable total, but were blown away with the bat. It was the batting that failed them. The likes of Joss Butler, Johnny Bairstow had terrible, terrible tournaments. Ben Stokes only really got the runs towards the back end, by which stage it was all too little, too late. Dawid Malan, their leading run scorer, well, it almost looks like he's been jettisoned. 
slight reminiscences of Michael Carberry in the 2013-14 Ashes to a left-handed opener. Does as well as anybody else. Don't see him again. Would seem unfair, wouldn't it? Adil Rashid, though, was fabulous with the ball, as he always has been magnificently consistent, but the inconsistency of selection, sometimes the madness of it as well, leaving Atkinson out for too long, didn't make any sense to me. Continuing to bowl Mark Wood, who we thought needed rest here and there while they kept on playing him and he kept on being tonked round the park, poor fella. It wasn't England's World Cup and we don't really know why, except that they all didn't perform at the same time. For me, the biggest disappointment though, Bangladesh. They've been at this game for 20 years. They were playing in the Indian subcontinent. Great opportunity. They play superbly in Bangladesh. They come to India. They were absolutely filthily rubbish. They beat Afghanistan on one of the very few days when Afghanistan had a proper off day. And they beat Sri Lanka in part thanks to a timed out. The very first one in international cricket history. That in itself was very funny and it was their greatest contribution to a World Cup that in every other way they absolutely stunk out with their miserably tedious performances. I don't understand why they don't get any better. Sri Lanka, hampered by injuries. Asaranga, a big problem for them. Too much faith put into youngsters Paterana and Werolage right at the beginning of the tournament and it didn't work out for them. They had flashes, they had moments, but they had... Well, too many things going wrong for them, really, to give them a chance of going right. And that horror show against India, bringing back the nightmares of the Asia Cup final, that was really Sri Lanka's World Cup. And finally, to the Netherlands, who I thought had really rather a good World Cup. No individual player stood out. Cybrand Ingelbrecht, Humperdinck, he was a different face. And somebody we didn't know was a little bit more consistent with the bat than anybody else, but... No one really tore up trees, but everyone gave it a really good go. And their victory against South Africa was, for me, the one great shock and the great moment of the knockout stages. As for the format, people will complain about it. It goes on too long, does it? Well, all ten teams, they play each other and you end up with the best four. I think it's a pretty good format for what it's worth. When people say the semi-finalists, we knew them all in advance. We knew them with four weeks out. Well, we wouldn't have done if the order of matches had been slightly differently put together. New Zealand could have lost their first four and then won their last five. Instead, they won their first four. We thought they were through. They then lost their next four. And they had to beat Sri Lanka. They did, very comfortably. And that means that a post-hoc-to-prop world, we all think that it was a bit crap. Well, it wasn't, actually. There were some great results. Afghanistan's performance is superb. There were shocks, there were thrills, there were spills. The first two weeks, the tournament was, well, a little bit all over the place. Ticketing was a bit crap. The results were all a bit predictable. England being the one stand outside that were providing us with some unusual results. But thereafter, it really got into its stride. The crowds kept coming in and it really worked for me. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's just a shame they didn't quite nail it right at the beginning, and maybe that's what's coloured people's judgment. Nonetheless, it's semi-final time, and woof, I think we've got a couple of crackers on our hands. Everyone's expecting India to roll over New Zealand, but, well, they didn't do it at Old Trafford, did they, in 2019? They've won nine out of nine, but it is their bogey team. And as for South Africa, Australia, that takes us all back to 1999. It takes us back also to the B-word, 
Are South Africa that kind of a team at the moment? I don't know. But if I was Australia, I'd be making damn sure I bat first. Who knows how it'll pan out? We'll discuss it, I have no doubt, on a Zero Ducks Weekly if I can ever get those two lazy bastards to do any goddamn fucking work. Till the next time, oh wow. Sports Social Podcast Network.